Hi, ambitious African. Welcome to today's episode. I am glad to have you join us for today's conversation. Um, this is just a disclaimer um, before you go into the episode. Um, if you do hear some echoing sound from my end of the interview, just realize that on the day of recording, um, we were moving offices um, at my workplace. And so I just had to make it work. You know, I just had to literally find a room um, at the office that had good, you know, um, a good silence so we could record. Um, yeah, just to make make this conversation really happen because I really wanted us to have this conversation and it fit right on schedule for blessings. So, yeah, that's just a disclaimer. When you do hear, please um, bear with us and enjoy every single bit of this conversation. Welcome to the Ambitious Africans podcast, where you get to steal timely tips to advance or switch your career, increase your income streams, and impact other young people you know. This podcast is home for you if you're a young professional or an entrepreneur who is passionate about advancing your career and building great communities. I am your host, Tupa Secho, a development worker in the entrepreneurship education space, content creator, and a DIY sewing tutor. Support this podcast by giving us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. Subscribe. And if you're someone who likes to go the extra mile on things, then please share this episode with another ambitious applicant you know. Check in on Instagram, link up on LinkedIn, and see you on YouTube with the link in the description box below. Let's go into today's episode. Tell us about yourself. Um, how was your childhood? What were your interests? And how did you finally get here? That's a profound question. You're asking me to summarize over 20 something years of my life. And I'm going to do yeah, my best. Sure. You know? I'll do my best. So, hmm. so I'm Blessing Abeng and I'm a branding and communications expert professionally. But really, what I'm interested in doing is ensuring that you know anybody who meets me lives a little better than they were before they met me. I love to tell stories. And if you notice that I'm telling a lot of stories in between this podcast, that's just how I am, you know. So please take it with all the love in your heart. So first, how did I get here? I was one of those kids who, I was one of the very few kids who did science and art subjects in secondary school because <laughs> because I mean I was I excelled very well at arts I was part of the arts club I did so many amazing things well um, I also was excelling in the drama club I mean in the science club and I was like I was a genius I would put it that way yes I was a genius and I'm not afraid to say it you know because I won a couple of awards I represented us in mathematics competitions and I did amazing I you know, would do drama competitions and writing competitions and win as well. So my teachers would fight over me. Um, in SS1, I remember that my teachers fought over me um, saying, you know, Blessing can't just be a science student or Blessing can't just be like an art student. We have to find a middle ground. So I took literature, I took some art courses and I, as well as, um, you know, science courses as well. It was an interesting experience. And then just like moving on to university, um, I was very sure that I was going to become a medical doctor. I had, you know, taken all those, you know, um, I'd read all those 
medical books that were just like interesting. Ben Carson was one of the interesting ones. And I was so sure I was going to become a neurosurgeon because all I wanted to do was save lives, you know. And when I got into school, I remember my dad not letting me, you know, travel abroad to study medicine because then neurosurgery wasn't like a big deal in Africa in general. So I had to, you know, um, figure out how I could study this thing abroad. But still, my dad was like, oh, no, before you start, you're going to have to do something here. And I went ahead to, you know, um, study biochemistry in Covenant University. And while I was doing that, it became very apparent to me that, you know, there isn't one way to save lives, you know. People are dying in different ways. People are trying to figure out their businesses, which are literally like the source of their livelihoods. They're trying to provide for their family. And I could be saving a life if I could maybe help their businesses succeed better. So I was part of this university club where I was, you know, it was supposed to be a public speaking club, but it was taken by a registrar. And our registrar always just felt the need to overdo <laughs> my registrar really liked to overdo and he would just you know give us all these challenges like oh write a business proposal oh you know pitch this idea to something 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 and it looked like okay what does this have to do with public speaking but to be honest it was really about public speaking and so we learned how to write business proposals we learned how to organize events and as I started writing business proposals during that club experience I realized oh my god this is something that is super interesting. And I started writing business proposals. I started learning how to write it better. I expanded my horizon into like business plans. And, you know, I would have a very creative approach to my business plans because as much as I love like, giving people business ideas and doing all those structural writing, um, I also had a very strong creative flair. And so at this point, I was working on, you know, releasing a book that was supposed to be about time management, which was supposed to be a caution to myself for not taking time very seriously. And so as I was doing that, somebody reached out to me and said, Blessing, you're such a creative, but like, I love how you combine creativity. Yes, I was. <laughs> I was, I really was. So this, this lady is like, Blessing, she's my friend. She's like, Blessing, I love how you combine business, like strategy. Mm strategic thinking and you know storytelling and creativity and all of these things and I think what you're doing is branding but you know like I think you should study this thing and I was like mm, okay I've heard but when I now went back and researched what branding was it sounded super interesting at this point me I already knew that you know this medicine I wasn't going to really do it not because I was failing I was doing well at school but I just it didn't interest me like I had found that there was a new meaning behind saving lives. So it didn't mean like I had to be operating people's hearts or brains to be able to save their lives. So I really was interested in business and, you know, the creative side of business. So I went ahead, studied branding and, you know, the story just goes on from there. Worked in an agency, worked in a couple of companies, you know, had great business um, companies under my belt, including Dark and Lovely Heritage Bank, like lots of companies. And so I was just like, you know, this was more fulfilling. And I was able to reach back out, you know, help small businesses. And right now I'm building a community where I'm like helping individuals who probably would not be able to afford my services, but like just sharing content and teaching them different ways that they can brand their businesses. Because sometimes no matter how good your business is, if you don't sell it right, people are not going to be as interested. It's like they don't even know what you're doing until you can communicate it right to the target audience that needs it. And then it just 
comes with that aha moment, right? So it's just like an amazing journey, if I if I say so myself. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh my God, I could just blew my mind. <laughs> I'm just so what I get so far is the fact that you have I don't know it's like a spiral with different intersections, you know, with science and arts, creativity and structure. It's, I don't know, how <laughs> to manage your left and right sides of your brain. I, it's, it's, <laughs> I know, right? And that's something I have observed so much about, you know, especially how you brand Blessing Abing as a brand, right? And it's so fluid. It's, it's always evolving, but it's so structured and organized. And sometimes I, I ask myself, um, would creativity um, need such structure? And would it still be called creativity if it is that structured? What would you say to that? Well, to be honest, creativity always needs structure. It's just like, I mean, that's the reason why there will always be record labels for creatives or galleries for artists or, you know, if you really, really think about it, no matter how creative you are, if you just decide that, you know, I want to be able to make money out of this thing, you would need a level of structure because life works in systems. People respect processes. If all those things are not intact, you might struggle. Right, so, and if you look at life in general, in fact, look at your human body, your human body is proof of creativity and structure. So like just being able to marry those two, it's fundamental to keep life going. Even if you're not trying, you would find loopholes if you just choose one over the other. But finding a good balance between both is what makes the world so beautiful. It's what makes business so interesting. So. For me, I would say, you know, it's it's really a, should I call it a principle of life? Like it's beyond our control, creativity and um, process or structure would always exist, right? We just have to find the balance and it's super easy to do so. Yeah. Well, you say it's super easy, but that's, that's quite a task for most people. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm serious. It's super easy. Like if you can't do it, just find somebody who, like, just look at um, Apple. Apple is proof of that, mm -hmm. you know, like yeah. Steve Woz will never, you know, be able to be as amazing as Steve Jobs. I mean, he's amazing in his own right, but he would never yeah. be as creative. As I mean, he's creative in his own right, but he's not going to be the creativity that he, he can't embody the kind of creativity or presence that Steve Jobs had. You know, and so they needed to function together to birth Apple. So that just having good self-awareness to know this is my strength. So let me find someone who complements it as opposed to always looking for someone who is a replica of you could be the turning point for your business or your life. Have you always been this organized or is it something you learned? Which would you say you had to spend some little time learning being creative or being more organized? Oh my God, both, <laughs> both. Okay, so to be honest, I had to learn both. Cause even like the organization question, I'm here thinking about it and I'm like, I've always been a scatterbrain, but I've always been organized even in the midst of my chaos, right? Cause I can't function if like everything is everywhere. I always have to declutter. I always have to arrange things. I always have to put things together. That's the only way I feel some level of peace. 
Yeah. You get what I mean? So like, that's literally how I always am finding myself learning one during a period and then maybe the next period I'm learning the other because it's, I'm I'm not perfect. I'm not, I'm not hundred percent best, you know? So there will always be a 1% or 2% that I can always improve. And I'm always looking forward to that. I love learning, but not learning as in just consuming content and learning resources, but learning as in um, doing. So I practice things that I learn. Yeah, I can totally relate. I can totally relate with that. That brings me to my next question. Well, I think I've asked so many next questions, but um, the next question I I have, and alluding to. Steve Wozniak, Wozniak and Steve Jobs. So Steve Jobs know he's a crazy person. He needs somebody who has composure to put, <laughs> to put structure into what he wants to achieve. Um, for people who are in this space and are navigating some sort of a career shift and they know themselves to be either a Jobs or a Wozniak, what would you, how would you ask them to navigate this decision of either finding people to join their teams, um, finding, um, I don't know, tech support or any kind of support to leverage their weaknesses. Um, how, how would you navigate that if you were someone like that? To be honest, I think listening is the first thing anybody has to do, like listening. I see that we hear a lot, like we're always hearing what people are saying, but we don't really listen. And listening is such a skill because words don't encompass things that we say all the time. It's like words are not enough. So if you're in a space and you're really listening to the conversation, as in you're having a conversation, not just to speak, but to also listen with a good combination of self-awareness where you know what your strengths are, what your weaknesses are, what your goals are and who you need to achieve those goals. It just makes your whole life easier because you're now aware when you meet someone with synergy or someone who you have affinity to or someone who you need. You're not afraid to say, I have this gap and I think you're the best person to fill it. You're not afraid to always be, to take the back seat for someone else to lead a particular um, aspect of your life. You're not afraid because, you know, I don't know this thing. It's like when you sign up for a course, you know, I don't know this thing. So you're more humble when you're taking that course than if you felt like I am the expert at this and somebody just forced you to go for that course. I don't know if you get what I mean. So like just yeah. having that self-awareness to know these are the gaps, then having the ability to really, really listen to what this person is saying to their values, because people are not going to tell you this is my value. It's by listening and watching them that you say, okay, these are this person's values, right? So paying attention to their values and paying attention to their needs as well. Because as you listen, you will hear what they also need. And then you assess yourself. Can I help this person? Can I provide for this person? Is there a need within this person's life that I can feel? If yes, you go ahead. If no, you know, you ask the person like, oh, me, I've been trying to assess your stance and I realize like I really really want you on my team but I don't know what I can give what can I give you yeah yeah I that's like that. always the way because like people just come at you and they're like oh I want you to come and do this for me okay mm -hmm. but how how does it tie to my personal goals mm -hmm. does it add any value to me am I just helping you is it mutually beneficial where like where is the synergy and I always advocate for don't hire somebody who is only using you for paycheck 
Like, just be sure about if I'm hiring you, how does this add value to your life? So important. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Wow. So now let me, <laughs> let me take you. <laughs> let me take you into the mind of someone who is, you know, listening to you. Because for, for those who might not know, well, I think everybody should know you. But for those who don't know, you you tilted from biochemistry, if I'm right, to communications. And they seem, you know, parallel to each other. Did you, did you, when, and I'm sure maybe it was at a very young age and it was, you know, but I would like to know, did you ever overthink it that, oh, people know that I, I am good with, biochemistry, I've even received awards um, in that sector. Now that I'm deciding to go study branding and communications and things like that, would, would they see me differently or would they see me as someone who's not serious about what they want or somebody who's unsure? How, how did you navigate that shift? Okay, so I would say that I dealt with the issue of, you know, unsure, like being unsure, like, oh, ah, chemistry to mm -hmm. communication, so people take me seriously. Um, I don't know, I didn't, like, I don't have enough background. I didn't study mass comm or communications in school. Will they weigh me, like, when I'm standing with people who studied these things, will I outshine them will I be the preferred choice you know I, those things crossed my mind however while they were crossing my mind they pushed me to want to better myself so I was I kind of had like a ladder plan because I was very aware that I did not study this thing so the first thing I did was to go and study it and I didn't just study I went and I got a job in it so I, I skipped the part of my story which was I did my IT for six months and I worked in Institute of Human Virology and we had to collect blood samples of HIV wow. patients to study HIV and you know keep the viral load, like uh, ensure that their viral loads are kept within a certain mark, mm -hmm. just to ensure that you know they are just to be able to give them feedback to say, okay, you're 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 well or you're I mean your viral load is rising, or you know, take more mm -hmm. drugs or do exactly. So we're just like there as people who we're ensuring, you know, you stayed alive. My sister, like I've only told you one time. And then I also went, I was like, okay, so that I would say that, so I wouldn't say that I only enjoyed one part of biochemistry. I went to the plant side. So there are two sides of biochemistry. There's the human side, girl, there's the human side and there's the plant side. So the plant side has to do with like medicine, coming up with drugs studying like wow. mix, yeah exactly in how they react to the human body and you know that's how you could become a quant doctor today and nobody would know <laughs> my dear so i went to that part and eh, that dealing trying to come up with oh this reacted to that trying to find wow. solutions like maybe in this covid period now is biochemists that would probably be <laughs> trying to figure out what works what doesn't work how does it react to the human pathway based on you know, my sister, I couldn't, I did all of those things. I tried it and I knew I wasn't happy. No, and I don't mean happiness. Yeah. Like I was looking for some things to make me laugh wow. and just, but I just, I didn't get any type of fulfillment the way I feel now when I see the smiles on people's faces when, you know, 
I've been able to, I mean, the work I did was noble work or I was excited. You know, there's one period where even trying to figure out can we find the cure to HIV? But still, it just it didn't feel, it didn't feel it didn't feel as it should have felt. And I really didn't even know what feeling I was looking for at the time. Would but you, when I started doing branding and communications, no, go let ahead. Me let me ask you. So would you, would you say that, and yeah, you, you can attach it to what you're about to say about the shift, but would you say that um, you, you knew that there was a deeper sense of happiness that you were not ex experiencing in biochemistry or in the sciences, or you had, or you had, you had something to compare it with? Because it's one thing knowing that I'm saving lives literally. And one thing to know that, yeah, I'm saving lives. It's exciting. I want to go do it tomorrow. How, how, how do you get to that point where you do know, actually there's, there's more excitement beyond this. You know, if, if people make it seem to be like- honest, oh, right? I feel like if I even yeah, say happiness, yeah. people are going to be like raising one eyebrow and being like, eh, life is not about happiness, da 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 What I can't explain it. And I don't think, you know, like you have to feel it. It's like that moment you feel like it's time for me to resign from this job. Mm. Yes, like when you know that the job you are working at is like you're just coasting. Yeah. You're coasting. Yeah. So it, yeah. I was there. I was experiencing my life, but I wasn't living it. I was coasting. And you could maybe say it's my decision to leave it, but I understood that based on that decision to leave it, I was leaving it in the, in the wrong environment. And so I, I, it's just that just being able to listen to yourself and catch yourself saying, am I doing all the things I thought I would be doing? Am I, is this how saving lives is supposed to feel like? I mean, and I didn't even have to go to the medicine parts. I spoke to medical people, I spoke to a lot of them. It looks, it's like, okay, I'm going to have to go through this nine years or 10 years before I can truly start feeling the fulfillment I'm looking for. Great for those people who are interested. I'm no longer interested. So I have to figure out how to chart a new course and be the best that I can possibly be in my own department. And so that was what pushed me. So here I am going to take a course. I, I didn't just take the course. I went to a school. I didn't just go to a school. I tried my hands on different sides of the job. So I didn't just do agency work. I tried the client side. I didn't just do the client side. I tried SME, which is even what made me being a director of comms now at a nonprofit, super interesting to me because I don't comms across different like multinationals, nationals, small businesses, large businesses, people that had money, people that don't really have money, <laughs> businesses versus personal brands. And it was interesting. But the one thing I never really done was nonprofit comms. So, mm. but like, and with every industry, you know, like when I, I get jobs, really like, there was one time a microfinance bank reached out to me. It's like, oh, blessing, come and work on our communications. And I'm like, I don't know much about the microfinance space, but what I can assure you about is I'm going to learn about it. Nobody came to this world knowing anything. We learned. And so that's how I approach life. That's how I talk to my team members to approach life. You can't, you can't just be like, oh, I give up. I don't know it. You will know it because people who know it now learned about it. And the true test of learning is the application. So your teacher is only going to teach you so much. But when you're done teaching you, apply it to your real life. Come up with your own theories. Test it. Experiment. 
Don't just take whatever you're giving and vomit it back. No, you haven't learned. Like they taught us A, B, C, D, but are we just having conversations using A, B, C, D now? No, we're applying it to different words. We're inventing our own words and that's really learning. And so maybe yeah. that was why it was easier for me to navigate that whole sense of, oh, they're not going to take me seriously. I tried to now, I tried extra hard two times more mm -hmm. or 10 times more than the people who have studied to ensure that I end my rights and I end my seat at that table. You were starting out today knowing exactly what you know, how would you have done it? I mean, I still think I would go and learn because I feel like no matter what you know, there's still something you don't know, <laughs> right? And one of my yeah. favorite things to do, I just realized that Seth Godin has made it into a thing now where he calls it Meatball Sundays. Um, it's taking something that is totally unrelated and, you know, marrying it to something. And maybe that's what the science and arts gave me. Mm -hmm. That's what my left, right brain gave me. Like taking something that is yeah. completely unrelated and marrying it to something else and then they work. That is innovation. Exactly. Thank you for making it this far into the conversation. We are an interactive podcast. And so um, send us your questions, your thoughts, or your key learnings that you've had um, from this conversation via voice notes, either on Anchor, the app, on instagram or all our other social media channels and get them featured right here on the podcast in the next episodes um don't forget to check in on instagram link up on linkedin and see you on youtube with the next episode wow you made it this far of the episode that is super amazing thank you so much for sharing your time with me i don't take it for granted at all um, and that is why I'm going to ask you to do me a big favor by giving us a five-star review of this um, podcast. Um, please also reach out to us via all our social media handles. Um, and yeah, give, send us a voice note sometime. I would really love to hear from you and share your thoughts on some of the things you've discussed with the rest of the world. Thank you so much. Don't forget to check in on Instagram, link up on LinkedIn and see you on YouTube in the subsequent episodes. Thank you and see you.